You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, we're continuing on our teaching on... Good, good, good. Holy Spirit. And Sunday, I'm starting a brand new series called... Anybody remember? Good. Traps and Tricks. How many of you know you have an enemy? Well, for the rest of you, you got an enemy and he doesn't play fair, but he's not the creator and he's not creative. So actually he is quite predictable. He has a certain arsenal and, uh, he cannot take advantage of us if we're aware of some things. And so one of the things we're wanting to do is of course, finish our course. Uh, and one of the ways to do that is to avoid the traps and tricks that the enemy would put out there. And, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of the traps and tricks, did you know you've, you've trapped yourself before paint yourself in the corner sometimes. And, uh, so we're, we're going to be looking at all aspects of that, uh, over the next few weeks. So make sure that you're here for that. Cause I believe this, the first trap or trick the enemy would like to play is to keep you from getting here to learn about traps and tricks. That's what I think. So escape that one. Make sure you're here on Sunday. We're going to have an awesome time with that. Well, um, thank you, Pastor Mike, for ministering last Wednesday night. I, I watched, watched part of it. He did a great job. Thank you. Uh, Kathy is back tonight, and I need to say that the picture he showed last week was not actually Kathy. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. So, right now. He put my face with her hair. Well, how do you think this stuff up? Where'd, where'd you come? <laughs> he, he said the devil made him do it. See, that was a, it was a trap. It was a trick. Okay. Um, Alicia sends her greetings. She, um, and I forgot to tell y'all on Sunday. Um, she was not here on Sunday. She actually had an abscess tooth that went really bad. And, um, so she was in misery. I thought it would be funny to Reminder of the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks, you know, and <clears throat> tell her about the ice skate. She did not find it funny. So, um, but anyway, she uh, finally had about a, a little over two hour procedure yesterday and uh, is doing much, much better, but still, um, she didn't need another day or so. But uh, if you'd be praying for my wife, I appreciate that. So, because that was uh, pretty painful for her. And then today she was all excited and she goes, let's, let's go eat lunch. And so we're driving and it's like, there's nowhere to go, you know, to get all soft food, you know? So, but we, we went and found her some soft, soft veggies and that kind of, kind of helped out. So, um, I want to, uh, share a few things with you tonight without apology, uh, that I've shared with you over the last few weeks as we've taught on the Holy Spirit, because this is the issue. This is the real difference here. And so I want you to just know this so well, and then we're going to move on um, and build on that tonight. But I need to start tonight by reviewing just a little bit. And uh, those of you who have not been with us, you can pick this up real quickly. Um, you know that God is a Trinity and Father, Son, Holy Spirit. These three are one. We don't understand that completely because we have a real finite understanding and numerical understanding 
of, of things. And so that doesn't, and we come up with all kinds of illustrations to try to, you know, well, it's like water can be vapor or liquid or solid. And, you know, still that doesn't fully get all of that. Uh, God, the father is the father, the authority. Jesus is the word and the Holy spirit. I refer to him as the agent of action. He's the power in the life of God that is in the earth and is in our hearts. God, the father is on the throne seated at his right hand is Jesus. And, um, in the earth, remember Jesus left and he said, when I leave, I won't leave you uh, comfortless. I'm going to send one just like myself. And it's going to actually be better for you because he can be everywhere all the time. And when he left, then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. Regarding Pentecost, Pentecost does not need to be duplicated. It just needs to be appropriated. The Holy Spirit has already come. He's in the earth. He's here. He's available. And uh, I want to go over these just four... uh, aspects here of us concerning the spirit and how many of you know this not by might nor by power but by spirit and it's the spirit who gives life and so it's the holy spirit that is so so vital folks so so vital in our lives and uh let me just go ahead and get into this real quick uh first of all we must be spirit and if you've been here what Born, Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so when you are born again, the Holy Spirit does a work of regeneration on in your human spirit and you become alive. Prior to that, you were spiritually dead. But when you are born again, you receive Jesus as Savior. It's actually the entrance of the Holy Spirit at that point where he takes up residence in you and he regenerates you. And you become, Jesus said, you must be what? You must be born again. So you're actually born of the spirit. You are spirit born. And this is a, this is a must do. You must be born again or life will not be all that it can be. It won't be abundant and you won't have eternal life. And so you must be born again. You have to receive Jesus. You get to receive Jesus as your personal savior. Okay. And then. Once you're born again, you need to be spirit. Huh? Come on. Filled. Now, some people get all antsy about this, but the Bible, we're just going with the Bible. Okay. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, and be ever be filled with the spirit. Now, this is uh, an imperative and it's a present active repetitive thing. So it means you've got to keep being filled, keep being filled. The goal is to be and stay full. I won't go into all this right now, but we have a tendency to leak or spill. And so he wants us full. Um, we'll talk about it in just a few weeks, just some terminology. Some, you know, some would say, well, when does this happen? Uh, what is baptism? There's a baptism of the, of water and there's a baptism of the Holy spirit. And we're going to talk about that. There's salvation. And we believe that scripture shows there's, there's a subsequent, uh, event that would take place in your life where you are baptized in the Holy spirit. Now there is one baptism and there are many fillings. 
We find Peter filled on the day of Pentecost. And two chapters later in the book of Acts, he stands in front of the the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders. And he's filled again. And I know in my life, uh, and I would guess in your life, that I've had to be refilled. I suggest at least daily. I think you should start your trip with your tank full. So just if you're in doubt or not, some people have spiritual pride. I just stay full. We know. Uh, Whatever that means to you personally. Okay. But I would just humbly before God every, every day say, I need you. Holy Spirit, you're the helper. You're my everything. I need you. Fill me today. I want all of you I can have in me. And then throughout the day, you'll, you'll realize at times, you know, I need, I need to be filled. Now, here's what happens. When you're born again, you become a temple that now he can fill. You become a vessel that he can now fill. And so these are both, I believe, must-do things. That you must be born again. How many of you believe that's a good goal to have everybody in the church born again, spirit born? Well, then equally, if we're going to take scripture as our basis, then it's also, every, I believe everybody should be spirit filled. And although some people have driven that in the ditch and represented that in wrong and weird ways sometimes, that, you know, if you get one bad haircut, doesn't mean you stop getting them. You know, if you ever dropped your ice cream, that doesn't mean well, that's the last one. Ever. No. And just because some people do some things or whatever, and either because they don't know or wrong motivation or whatever it would be, it's not our job to judge anybody. It's our job to just be us, the best us we can be, full of God. And I, I, it's a personal goal. It's something I'm praying that everybody that's part of our process, and we got some more process here, that everybody, every, every Sunday morning service, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get people spirit born. And we, we want to expand that a little bit. And I want everybody to be spirit-filled. And there's such great, great benefit with this. Nothing you need to be afraid of because the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. How many of you, if Jesus said, you want more of me in your life? You go, I don't know. <laughs> and listen, the most, uh, most spirit-filled man ever on the planet Earth was Jesus. John 3.34 said he had the spirit without measure, fullness of the spirit. And he wasn't a weirdo. Does it offend you? I say weirdo or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is vital. But let's go a little bit further. Not only should you be spirit born and spirit filled, you need to be spirit, help me, led. And this is absolutely crucial Because the final goal is that we would all be spirit, help me, formed. Galatians 4.19, Galatians 5.22 and 23, among others, is that we have the fruit and we have the character and we have the life of Jesus actually being lived out in us. Not just us making effort to be like Jesus, but it's now been formed in us. 
And that means you first of all have to be born again. And then as your spirit filled, he comes and enables you and empowers you and gives you gifts and gives you benefits such as a, a, a prayer language and so forth. That helps you now. And now you're able to be spirit led truly. And I'll come back to that in just a moment. And then what happens, you become spirit formed. Again, not just trying to do this thing and trying to be like Jesus. It becomes the nature of you, the life of Jesus being lived out of you. Paul said, this is what I'm laboring for, like in birth pains until Christ's life is formed in you. And it's a work of the spirit, but also it involves your cooperation. Okay, y'all here? All right. Now, is it possible... To be spirit-born and spirit-filled and be carnal and spiteful and divisive and prideful and, and live in defeat. Are you sure? Yeah. It is possible to be... We all know people like this. <laughs> they would never come on Wednesday, so don't worry. Don't worry about it. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, no change. No change. What changes this then? That we are led by the Spirit. That we do what His Word says. That we do what He prompts us to do that's in line with the Word. And as we follow His lead in Galatians 5.16 and a couple other places too, it says that if we'll walk in the Spirit, it will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And this will help us to move on. And as we consistently, once we're born again, spirit filled, consistently led of the spirit, we, we are in this process of being spirit formed. This is never completed while we're here on earth. But it's the process that we want to always be in. Don't stop here. And don't stop here. Keep right on going. Keep right on going. Can I get a good amen if you understand? All right. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Well, first of all, I want to go back to this. Some people stop right here and actually rephrase this spirit born. And then they just want to be spirit thrilled. We just want to have an emotional something. We just want to get all riled up. And, and the, the fruit of that is, is what we must use to judge that. That's all well and good. And I'm telling you what, they're manifestations of the spirit and times where God moves in on us and among us and so forth that, that, you know, it will affect us emotionally. It will affect the atmosphere. But could I caution you due to our human nature? We're always looking for a thrill. And, and no matter what you're involved in, we're looking for some kind of thrill. And then sometimes people want to impose that and overlay that on a real work of the spirit and think that that is the end of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in a life or in a church is we just want to be spirit thrilled. Well, I want to be spirit thrilled, but it's more important that I'm spirit filled, spirit led, spirit formed. We want to live a spirit filled life. Not just a spirit-filled night. Amen? And that's the difference. We're not here to play in the rain. The rain is for the harvest. Do you hear me? The rain is for the harvest. And so this is vital because, as I've said before, God saved us, but he left us here. And now he wants us to grow and mature in him 
so that he can use us in every way. Question, can you be spirit-born and not spirit-filled and still be spirit-led? Yes. Yes. But how many of you have cell phones? Okay. Do you ever look and check your signal? I got, I got five bars. I got full signal. How many of you know when you have that, you're going to have better reception? You see what I'm saying? But, but have you ever been a, in a place like on vacation a few weeks ago? We were up in Tennessee and I thought I'm going to, I need to call somebody and I had no signal. Okay. And then if you walked and turned like this, I got one, two, oh, it's gone. You know, so it's best that we have all five bars full strength. So can I be spirit born and not spirit filled, but yet be spirit led? Yes. But I believe it is just heightened and maximized when we are spirit filled because he's the one that is leading us. Wouldn't it just make sense? You can lay your Bible aside even, and this makes sense, that the more filled with him, the better led we're going to be. Is it possible to be not spirit-born, not spirit-filled, and yet be spirit-led? I think... <laughs> yeah. I'd like to uh, call a friend. No, here's, here's the deal. God can lead anybody. As a rule, though, it's, it's going to be his own. The children of God, Romans 8, 14, the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. But I know that even in my life, prior to serving God and other people's lives, God can move on somebody. He can move on somebody. He can prompt somebody. He can do that. But the best case scenario, spirit born, spirit filled, spirit led, spirit formed. Are we good? Now, I, I review this without apology because, folks, if there's anything that you need to remember as far as is there some kind of formula for me becoming all that I can be for God and enjoy all that he has for me, it's right here. It's right here. Now, if we take the Holy Spirit out of this, good luck. Just good luck. Because of the Spirit that gives life. And then you're just born of the flesh. It's all flesh. Then you're filled with whatever. And then led by whatever. And you'll end up morphed into something. And so, it's true. Okay. Now, let's shift gears just a little bit. The only difference between a Christian... And a non-Christian is a revelation of God and his love. You can have two people and what causes one to become a Christian, to step over that line of faith. They get some kind of revelation of God and his love. The only difference between a carnal, defeated Christian and a spiritual, victorious Christian is a revelation of the spirit. Let me say all that again. The only difference between a carnal, defeated, inconsistent Christian. I'm tired of being that. The difference between that individual and a person who is spiritual. And that also means to receive aid of the spirit. And victorious. Don't you want to have victory in life? 
The difference is a revelation of the Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Don't you want victory in your life? Remember that life is, uh, and I won't go into all the detail of this, but last night, my family, we rejoiced together. Because I believe life is, and I teach this all the time, life is a continuous cycle of crisis and process. Crisis and process. And there were several things in just about everybody in my family where people were, and crisis comes on all different levels, okay? Crisis does not have to be, you know, oh no, the the oil spill in the Gulf, you know. It doesn't have to be that size. Sometimes it's little things. Where are my keys? Or you show up for an appointment and they go, it was yesterday. You know, you've got all these little crises. Cat gets out. You get, you get almost all dressed. You're about to put on your tie and you got a top button missing. You know, I had that happen a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday morning. All ready to go. I thought, now what am I going to do? So I just stapled it. No, I didn't. I changed shirts. I changed shirts. But you have crisis and process. And yesterday... And we'd all been praying. We've been seeking the will of God on things. We were encouraging one another. And last night, I realized about dinner time last night, I thought, God has been good to my family. And there was resolve on all these issues. There was resolve on all these things. And I thought, thank you, God. Now, if you don't have a revelation of the Spirit, you'll think, oh, things just worked out anyway. Not in my life. I, I refuse to not give credit to the one who helped us. And in varying levels and all different things in, in the life of my family, I said, thank you, God. We love you. We're called according to your purposes. And you've worked all these things out for us. And you should rejoice in that. And you should thank him for that. But we want victory in life. If you read the promises of God, and I have a hard time with religion that, that constantly is espousing um, if you're really serious about God, you're just going to have loads of problems and you're just going to suffer for Jesus. Well, stack up all the promises then, 8,810 of them. Stack up the promises of God. And I mean, the sheer majority of that always has to do with God helping you, God fixing this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous and the Lord delivers you out of 62.8% of them. Now, out of all... And then he'll help you and he'll work in all these situations of our life. We're, we want victory. Paul even taught, you know, all compete, but you need to compete in such a way that you, that you win. And Jesus came, thanks be to God, who always causes us to triumph. It's Jesus who gives us victory in life. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith in who? In him. Who is he that overcomes it? He who believes that Jesus is the son of God. And so you should be bent that way. You should be thinking that way. Don't you just settle in and say, well, you know, things are just tough and it's just going to stay this way. No, no. Break open your Bible. Read what God has to say. And understand that the Spirit of God is the agent of action and the power of God to make good on the promises of God, to empower you and to help you to win. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm. (laughs) Or I could rant for about five minutes and, and, and give you a religious, sling some religion at you and depress you. 
Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel. Does anybody know what gospel means? Good news. How many of you know if you win something, that's it's good news. You know, if your doctor, your attorney, your banker, your mama, your coach, somebody comes to you and says, I got good news. And the next thing they say is, you're out of here. You know, that's maybe good news for them. Good news. Everybody say good news. All right. And it was the spirit that anointed him to do that. Now, if you have a revelation of the spirit, and this is what we need, it means that you know and understand it's reality you on the inside that he is with me. He is in me. He is helping me. He is leading me. He is teaching me. He is reminding me. And this is the greatest one, the sweetest words ever said. And he will never leave me or forsake me. And when you have a revelation of that, that will help you so, so much. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, Paul said, My brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Stop right there. Who is he speaking to? The church at Corinth. Believers. And if you read all about Corinth and just read First and Second Corinthians, you'll find that they were spirit-born and spirit-filled. Come on, y'all here? Okay, so you find that. But Paul said, I can't talk to you as spiritual. Let's find out why. And brethren, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. For even now you're still not able for or because you are still carnal. Here's why. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Taking this out of, out of the equation at all. Uh, the Amplified Bible says, behaving yourselves after a human standard like mere unchanged men. Which supports my point, you can be spirit born and spirit filled and act no differently than anybody in the world. And that's why we've got to be spirit-led, spirit-formed. And that's only going to come if you have a revelation of the Spirit. How many of you know that He is in you right now? How many of you know that He will never leave you and never forsake you? All right. Those of you that just raised your hand, have you ever had just a nasty attitude, though? Did He leave you? Why? Because He said, I won't. It wasn't that everything was so comfortable and you were just the best ride in town. It's because he promised and because he's got something that he wants to work in you and through you. How many of you know that he will lead you? How many of you know sometimes we miss the leading? Because we got our spiritual phone off or no signal or we don't keep it charged. How many of you know that he will remind you of things? I was looking for a paper today and I said, all right, Lord, I just was studying this. I'm going to go tell people. That you will remind them of things. Will you remind me where I put this? <laughs> and I, and I'm not kidding you, probably within three, four minutes, I remembered where I put it. And what I had done is I had also put other things there. <laughs> but it was under there. And it's like he reminded me. He reminded me. That is Supernatural. If he's able to do that, I believe he's also able to help me navigate and negotiate through life. 
And the more of a revelation you have of the spirit, he's in me, he's with me, he's helping me, he's leading me, he's filling me, he's gracing me, the better you're going to do in life. Now, let's read on here. Paul also to the Corinthians, and this is the same problem today, he had to address gross sin. I mean, horrible sin. And here's the conclusion that he came to in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. He said, don't you realize, it means don't you have a revelation, don't you understand this? That your body, everybody say my body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Newsflash, you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. The, new, the King James Version, the authorized King, King James Version, begins this passage by saying, What? Know you not that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Listen to me, get this. Most of the problem when we do something that is off base, when we mess up, when we're struggling, most of the problem is we have forgotten that the Holy Spirit is right here. Does he know everything? Well, for the rest of you, he knows everything. Now, that's, he's not going to help you go on jeopardy and cheat. Okay? He's not going to give you answers like that. But he knows everything. Read the, the Proverbs and you're going to find that he is wisdom personified. He is the master craftsman. He was with God at the beginning. He was with God at creation. And get a revelation of this. And he dwells in me. And he dwells in you. So I don't want a little dabba, do you? Fill me. Fill me. And then rely upon him to help you. And the reason people end up doing dumb things is because they lose a revelation that the spirit of God is in them and helping them. And they don't allow him to lead them. Now, the Bible tells us in the way it's phrased here in Romans eight fourteen, the children of God are led by the spirit of God. Let me jumble the words for you and give you a little clearer meaning on that. The spirit of God leads the children of God. The spirit of God leads the children of God. He's leading. I said, he's leading and we override it sometimes. Come on. We override it, but he is leading. And that's why we want to be filled and led and sensitive to him and have a revelation of this. It's very, very important. Now I've got to, I've got to hurry here because y'all make me talk too much. But when you have a lack of revelation of the spirit, it leads to sin, failure, defeat, weakness, and so forth. And then you end up not being led and not being formed. Let me uh, skip down here to something super important. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It's our last scripture on the thing there, Terry. It says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The communion of of the Holy Spirit. It means to share together. It also means fellowship. It means that you wait on him, that you worship him and with him, you sing your time in the word. You, you, did I say, wait, you wait on him. You try to obey the smallest promptings. You repent, you walk in love, you meditate, you pray in the spirit. It is spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. 
And this is the importance. And hear this now. This is the importance of your prayer language. Because it fine tunes your spirit with his spirit. And when you pray in the spirit, which is a gift that he gives. Not something you have to work up. A gift that he gives. When you pray in the spirit, it tunes your spirit to his spirit. It's spirit to spirit. This same passage here in the Message Bible, it calls it intimate friendship. Intimate friendship. And so if we're going to win in life. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, how many of you want to end up at the right place at the right time? And I'm not just talking about end of life and in heaven. I'm talking about tonight and about tomorrow. Did you know he can protect you just by saying, don't go that way? And you don't have to explain it to everybody. You don't have to get goofy about it. You don't have to hum and roll your eyes back in your head. Because then they're going to go, we don't want you driving anyway. I've told you this before. I have canceled trips. They're already paid for. Everything's planned. People are waiting on me. And I'm, and I'm worshiping God. And I'm trying to be led. And I'm praying. And I, it's like I, he leads us with peace. And, it, and he will also lead you with lack of peace. And I go, what is this? What is this? And not a fear or anything. But it's just like, I'm not supposed to go. And I've been able to call people before because they understand this. And say, I, I don't know what it is. And if I'm missing it, I'm missing it. But I'd rather miss it on this side. And I'm not supposed to do this. And sometimes the Lord will just prompt you, remind you of somebody. He reminded me of somebody today to call. And, and I was only able to get their, their voicemail. But you know what? As soon as I did it, I had the peace of God. I knew he was doing that. Now, don't make this flaky. And don't make this weird. You know, don't be ordering food. Would you like cheese on that? Hold on. Yes. No. Yes. What's the question? You know, don't. Just relax. But here's the deal. Hook up with the Holy Spirit early. I'll use an illustration. I'm going to close with it. I'm use an illustration. I've used it before. I hate going into a convenience store and the clerk is on their cell phone and they're yakety yak, 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 and they're going on and you're buying your milk or bread or candy bar. <laughs> it's about all we'll buy at a convenience store. And they're on that and they're talking and yeah, yeah, yeah and ching, ching, ching. And then they'll go, that's uh, $17 and 40 cents. You go, it's a Snickers and a half gallon of milk. You know, but that's the way it is. And that's all the, they'll, about all they'll say to you is the amount. And then you, you pay, they give you your change or whatever. And they're, yeah, I know. Yeah. And you go, thank you. And they're going, well, you know, that's wrong. So if you do that at work, cut it out. Okay. And especially as a believer, you, you do right and you treat people right. And that's just, that's just rude in any setting, you know. But when they do that, it bothers me. But let's take away a good point out of that. You should live like that throughout the day. You should have your daily talk, your big conversation in the morning with the Lord. And then you stay on all day. Now, you can do this through the day too. You can say, Lord, here they come. Help me with this one. I'll be, I'll be back in a minute. Okay. And then go deal with it. Huh? And go deal with it. 
thank you so much. (laughs) But just kind of stay on the line. Do you get what I'm saying? Stay on the line. Or you may get back on the line and say, I am so sorry. (laughs) I didn't do that right, did I? You know, stay on the line. Stay on the line. It's spirit to spirit. A revelation of the spirit. You don't have to be weird to do this. Okay? It's just, I mean, people take smoke breaks and bathroom breaks and everything else at work. You can take a time. You know, I just, and you don't have to tell people, I need to go outside and speak to the Holy Ghost. (laughs) No, you don't. Don't do that. Do not misrepresent him. Okay? He will make you peaceful and graceful and put favor on your life. So don't put on some kind of religious air about that. You can just say, you know what? I'm just going to go out here for a little bit. And it's spirit to spirit. Guess what it is? Intimate friendship with him. Let's be spirit born. Let's be and stay spirit filled. The crucial part is now then be spirit led. And you will and process consistency. You'll be spirit formed. You'll not be carnal. You'll not be defeated. You'll be spiritual. You'll be victorious. You'll have peace. You'll have favor. And God will use you in ways that you never dreamt that he could use you. And the Holy Spirit will never leave you. Sweetest words ever. I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? Thank you, Lord.